Welcome to the You and I Alone podcast show. This is your Danny, your host again, coming to you with another message of hope and inspiration. Uh, I was just excited again about being able to share what God has placed in my heart and mind to speak to you about tonight. And actually, this, we're going to get to the conclusion of Jonah, stop running. I hope that y'all enjoy uh, part one and part two, but we're at the finale. And we're going to give a brief overview of what we talked about in part one and part, part two about the goodness of God and what he does and how he does things and how he uses us, even when we don't want to be used. Because when we looked in part one and Jonah, we found out Jonah was running. And when he went and got on the ship trying to get far away from Nivea, he was used on the ship to change people to serving the real and only one true God, the God in the heavens, which is powerful because he thought that he was getting away from doing what God wanted him to do, but he didn't realize that maybe God wanted him to be on that ship. That's what Jonah didn't know. And we found out that because of him, we saw that one man saved other folks by sacrificing his life because he told them the only way out for them was to toss him overboard. And a man began to cry out to God, asking God to forgive them. They didn't want that murder to be laid upon them. But Jonah knew the only way that the sea and that storm would calm down in part one was by him being tossed over ship. It's pretty powerful when you think about that. This is what Christ did. Christ went to the cross of mankind. And we see Jonah on the ship uh, willing to make the sacrifice because he had brought this upon the people by running from his God. And, you know, I really hope that uh, whoever's running from God, who's, who's afraid to do what God have called them to do because they feel their inabilities, they don't feel that they're worthy to do that. Remember, it's not about being worthy. It's about that God loves you and God trusts you and you're the only one that can do what God wants you to do at that present time. And so I'm just excited to talk to you and get to the finale of Jonah. And I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God is concerned about everything that you are concerned about. God loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to let you know you have a friend and Danny. You're not alone. And if you need prayer, please send me your prayer request so I can pray for you and stand in agreement with you. See that God bring about a change and in those areas that you're suffering with, things that's going on in your life that you just need uh, prayer about. But I want you to get excited because we get into the finale and we're going to see why Jonah was frustrated because he knew God was good and he knew that God would fulfill what he said that he was going to do. But Jonah was the only person on the earth that could have went to Nivea at that time and spoke to these people the word of God because they received the word from him. Now we go to and and we're gonna talk about chapter two. When we saw in chapter two, we see that Jonah now he's in the he's tossed overboard. God prepares this big fish to catch him, and this big fish catches him. And we see that he's entangled in seaweed. We see that he feels like that he's in prison, a prototype of hell, and there was no way out. 
and he began to cry out to his God. And God heard him. God didn't leave him like he left God and run away from God. God heard him. But it was something peculiar within chapter 2 when Jonah speaks about how he began to sing and thank God. I want to tell you that whenever things are so bad and you think that you can't do anything about it, praise unleashes God into the atmosphere. And I want to, uh, before we get into Jonah, we're going to go to Acts 16. We're going to talk about this thing that what God was doing and how God was doing it. Because in Acts 16, we're going to read about these two guys, uh, Paul and Silas. They get thrown in prison. They get beaten real severely. Uh, they thrown in the inner part of the prison. They're in chapels. But they praise God, and God delivers them by a mighty earthquake. Because instead of being beat down with their circumstances, they begin to praise God. But before we get into anything, we're going to open up in prayer. I want you to get excited because God is on the move. God is getting ready to do some great and powerful things for you and me in this earth. So whoever's downtrodden today, who's ever feeling oppressed, who's ever feeling that they can't, they're not going to make it, they don't know what they're going to do, they're worried about the weight of the world, I want you to understand God is in control. So let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we just thank you for today, Father. I pray, Father, for your people, Father, who are looking and longing for you to come into their circumstances and situations to turn those negative things around into a positive, Father, that only you can do, that no one else can do, but only that you can do, God. I pray, Father, that you bless your people. I pray, Father, that you be for them in their darkest of times, in their loneliest times, because, Father, they need to know whatever's on their heart and mind that is on your heart and mind because you love them and that you are willing and able to protect them and give them guidance and to give them peace and to give them the surety that you love them, Father. Let them know how much that you love them. Let them know, Father, how much you care for them. And Father, we, right now, I ask you to bless those who are incarcerated, those who are in the hospital. Father, I pray, Father, for the children uh, who are doing e-learning, their parents who don't understand and how to teach their children or, you know, they're just struggling with this, Father. Uh, I pray, Father, for people, Father, uh, who need financial deliverance, people who need healing, Father, people who need whatever they stand in need of, Father, I ask you to meet them. If it's to mend the relationship, mend it, Father. I ask you to bless your people, Father. I ask you to watch out for them. I ask you to do extraordinary things for them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that y'all are all excited today because we have a real good message today a message of hope and inspiration and love. I don't want you to be uh, feel defeated because you're not defeated. God loves you. He sent his son to the cross for you to bless you, to turn your circumstances around. I just don't want you to give up. And whoever you are, stop running. Trust God and see the salvation of God. See what God can do with you. See what God can what, what he wants to do. See who lives that God is going to use you to change and bring about structure and hope because God has predestined you to do this because only you can do it but no one else can do it but you. Now as I said we're going to go to Acts chapter 16 
in Acts chapter 16, we're going to look at Paul and Silas. We're going to skip to, in Acts 16, we're going to skip to uh, verse 16. I'm reading from the NIV today. And I want you to be encouraged because God has a mission. He has a purpose and a plan. In Acts 16, God says this in verse 22. We can go to verse 22. And this is what happens. The crowd joined in attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and, and beaten. In verse 23, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in an inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. But let me tell you something. It's something about the midnight hour. The midnight hour is an hour that you can praise God. It's the start of a new day. So this is what uh, Paul and Silas decide to do. Instead of dwell on what was going on with their lives, not complaining with God, we were serving you, God. We were doing what you told us to do. God, but you allowed us to be beaten. You allowed us to be put in prison. You allowed us to be just humiliated among these people, God. We were only telling them about you. This is how I would have thought they would have felt, that they would have been sitting there complaining to God. But these guys had a whole different thing. They thought different than that. Because you know what? They knew that they were doing the work of the Lord. They knew they were doing what they were called to do. They knew that what they were called to do could bring about harm and could bring about change to them. But they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid. And sometimes we just can't be afraid to do what God called us to do. That's why I'm telling you now, you ain't got to run away from what God is calling you to do. All you have to do is just continue to just to maintain your faith and trust in God and belief in God. And he'll bring you through. And he'll help you along the way. God won't leave you helpless. And as I said, we're in Acts chapter 16. Uh, we started at verse 22. And now we have verse 25. And it says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. See, this is what you call testimony. Testifying about who their God is. And you know what? Could you imagine? You're saying, you sitting, you sitting in the cell. And you looking over and you seeing these guys, you know, you say, man, these guys got tore up. They got beat down. Man. But they singing and praising to their God. They thanking him for that. No, this is what they were doing. They were testifying. Because they were testifying. They were singing about how good God was in the midst of being in prison and it says about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and that the foundation of the prison was shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open every 
body chain came loose. You hear that? People who were Nima serving and worshiping God at that time, even their chains came off. Everybody was free. <laughs> Did you hear that? Everybody was free. No one was left not being free. They were all free <laughs> to go. But do you know what happened? Because of the power, the testimony, and talking about God, and singing, and, and praying, and talking about this good God, they didn't want to go. Could you imagine being in a place of torture, in a place where there is no, at that time, remember, it wasn't like, you know, hey, you go to court, and they say, hey, you're going to be out in two or three months. It wasn't like that. They didn't know when they was going to get out, or if they ever was going to get out. Prison could have been a life altering change for them. But they heard the message of God and they didn't want to go. You know, I just want to tell you, that's how powerful your testimony is to someone. That when you talk about how good God is and what God has done for you, what you're going to do, you're going to invoke somebody to want to change. And this is what happens. When we put our hope and trust and belief in God. And like I said, we never know how God is working things out. Because Jonah was just only supposed to do this in Nineveh. But we see that people get saved on the boat. We find out in chapter 2 that he's in, he's in all kind of turmoil. He calls to God. Then we see that in chapter 3 after God heard him. God had the fish spit him out on the shore. And we see that, you know, like I said, I just wanted to show you how powerful when you begin to pray and sing and you begin to thank God in the midst of your situation that your circumstances can turn around. And then it says this in verse 27, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But, see that's a big word, that word but is such a big thing. That means something. Something is changing. In other words, it means for you to, it's meant to grab your attention. Paul shouted, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Did you hear that? This guy who was in charge of the prison was getting ready to kill himself because he knew that he was going to be blamed for all these people escaping and getting away. But Paul declared that they all stood there because they're talking about God. Stop running because your testimony can change someone's life. The jailer called for light and he rushed in, fell trimming before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, the power of the testimony. This is why Jonah has to go to Nevia because he has a testimony that's going to change people. We found out in chapter 3 that these people did change. Even the king... Even the animals, everything fasted because of the testimony that Jonah had for Nivea. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Stop running. Allow God to use you. Stand still and see the salvation of God. See what God wants to do. And for the second time, we're going to go back to Jonah. I just wanted to show you. But the moral of that story in Acts 16, 
that the jailer got saved, his family got saved, people in prison got saved. Now you see how this word begins? The, the message of God begins to go out throughout the world just by someone sacrificing, willing to stop running and let God use them. And now we're going to get into chapter four of Jonah's final finale. Part three, stop running. And this is, this is you know, I told Jonah was, was just mad with God because God is good. <laughs> Jonah is mad with God because God is good. God told him to go to his enemy, preach to his enemies that if they don't get right, he's going to destroy the land. He's going to take it away, take them all out. Jonah didn't want to do that. Jonah ran from God. But this is, this is Jonah. This is the testimony about how he went through the city in chapter 3 and he started speaking the word of God to the people. And, and once he spoke the word to the people, they all repented. It said that he was a three-day journey. He, you know, it took a whole day to walk through the city. And he did what God called to him to do because after God released him from the fish and he talked to God and he, he thanked God. He still was wrestling with what he did, but he did it. In other words, you know, he did what God wanted him to do, but it still bothered him. This is the whole thing. You know, when I was in the military, they, this is one thing they tell you in the military. You can always complain, but do the job first. And so what Jonah did was he did the job first. But now he's steady. He's, 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 he's still frustrated with this thing because, you know, he didn't want to do it. Because he knew that God was a merciful God, a gracious God, full of compassion and love for his creation. But he didn't understand, you know, he wasn't, he's not God. So he don't, he don't see how God is really feeling about all this, you know. A lot of times we don't understand. God do not want to destroy you. God do not want to do anything but love you. He wants to give you. It said God should love the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now let's go to uh, verse, chapter number four, verse one. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry he prayed to the Lord. Is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate. God slow to anger. Abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life. Did you hear that? This, he said, when I was at home, when you told me first, God, I didn't want to do it. And the reason why I didn't want to do it, because I know you. I want you to know, God, whatever's on your heart, mine is on God's heart, mine. And you're not alone. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what the enemy is telling you in your heart, trying to come against you trying to make you doubt and make you disbelieve God, that God cares about you. And as, as we see that Jonah is still frustrated with God, he said, man, 
I can't believe you. I can't believe you. Why? This is what Jonah is saying to God. Because he just don't understand. Can't fathom this God wanting to do this. But see, I want you to, I want you, I want you to feel it in your spirit. So we got to go back. We got to go back to verse one so you can understand who God is and how God sees. How God sees things. In other words, that God, you know, that God is not this vengeful God who wants to just to destroy you and annihilate you, who wants to do harm to you and your family. Because if you get if you get that, if you got that vision of God in your heart, then you got the wrong vision of God. Stop running. Because that's not God. Because Jonah's trying to tell you who God is in chapter 4. He says this. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, a God slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. You know, <laughs> you know, because he's frustrated, man. And God and went down there. I went down and I told these people, these people didn't repent it. They, they, they surrendered to God what they ain't doing right, you know. But it, he can't rejoice with the people because he's steady looking at them as the enemy. Uh, you got to understand, there's a reason why he's not rejoicing because this is people that was attacking his country and stuff like that. So he couldn't be happy in his mind because he don't understand why God just won't go ahead. Hey, God, this is your opportunity to get rid of them, set us free from them. But you want me to go to them and preach to them this message of love and hope and who you are? One thing I love about God, this is what I want you to love, what, what I want you to know and what I want you to understand about God. God would allow you to have your feelings. He allow you to communicate with him. This is the awesome thing about God is that he'll let you tell him how you're feeling because he's a parent. You know, in other words, he... He's a true father. In other words, he loves you and he cares about you. He wants to know how you feel. That's why I keep saying in my message, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And we see it right here in Jonah chapter 4 because Jonah's getting ready to tell God what's on his heart and mind. And he's going to say it to him in verse 4 because God is getting ready to speak to him. But this is what the Lord says. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? <laughs> That God talked about to the creation. This is what God said. Hey, hey, Jonah, I hear you, verse 1 through 3, how you feeling about how me? But this is what God says. He says this in verse 4. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Mm. That's what you call getting checked, getting checked back to Father. In other words, because God trying to figure out, hey, man, hey, what are you angry about? Let's... Let's, you know, let's talk about it. God just doesn't, God doesn't leave him in a state of confusion. God doesn't leave him and not give him an answer. So I want you to understand that God will give you an answer. 
You might not like the answer, but God will give you an answer. So sometimes we got to understand, sometimes when we don't get the yes that we want, it's because God gives us a different answer. In verse 5, it says this, And Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter. He sat in the shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. He'd wait. He's like, I know God, you know, no God is going to destroy them. In other words, he's, even though he didn't preach this message, he preached the message in frustration. But now he wants to see what's going to happen. So he says, let me give me a spot and sit down. Let me see what God is going to do. Is God going to destroy these people, you know, because of how I'm feeling. You know, and God is talking to him. God let him go sit down. He went and sat down and this is what happened. Because remember like this, God is always teaching. God is always teaching us. He's always trying to correct us. He's always trying to show us the right path. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all his ways. And he would direct your path. This is, this is what I want you to understand. And this is what happened in verse 6. Then the Lord provided a vine. He made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head. Because his discomfort. Jonah was very happy about the vine. See what God did. God said, hey man, it's hot out here. This, 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 this guy's tired. He's been walked three days to get here. He walked a day through the city. And he's sitting down. But God wanted to give him comfort. Even when he's arguing with God. Even when he's arguing with God, God said, hey, let me take care of my man. And he provides this vine and shade and, and, and he, and it says that Jonah like, man, this is pretty cool. Could you imagine you sitting down outside and it's hot and you in the sun and out of nowhere, a big old tree come to cover you and, and give you shade and comfort. This is God's love. This is the love that Jonah was talking about earlier in chapter 4. He says that Jonah was very happy. But in verse 7 it says, But at dawn the next day God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. And when the sun arose, God provided a scorching east wind. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint and he wanted to die. And it would be better for me to die than to live. Jonah just so frustrated with this whole thing that God has got him into. Man, this guy ready to die. He just, you know, he just frustrated about everything. This ain't what he wanted to do. He did it under protest. He said when he was at home, even when he, God was telling him to leave and go, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. In other words, he got up and said, man, forget this. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to do it. But God has, has ways of doing things. We see how God, we just what God did. And God got, God got tired of the vine, in other words. So he created some worm to eat it and kill it. And now Jonah is, is, is back discomfort and he wants to die. And the reason for this whole thing is because God wants to have this dialogue. He wants to have this inter, interchange with him. In other words, he wants to let him know 
what he was doing for God. God didn't want him to, to walk around and feel like that he had did something and it didn't have any value. That's not God. Stop running. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind and he loves you. You are not alone. I don't care how you feel right now. I don't care what the enemy or people have said to you about you. Trust God. Trust God. And so we're going to see what happens. And so in verse 9, but God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. <laughs> you got to love God. He told God, hey, yeah, I got a right. I'm ready to die. In other words, God asked me, hey, do you got a right? You know, God ain't saying, hey, I'm God. Just, you, you do what I mean. No, God is letting him have his fair exchange with him. God is letting him speak. God is letting him say what's on his heart and mind. But, you know, God is such a, God is so subtle and, and, you know, he's not yelling. He just is, he just asking him, hey, man, how you feel? And God ain't telling him anything. But this is what God is going to tell him. In verse 10, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about the vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nivea had more than a hundred and 20,000 people who could not tell their right hand from their left hand and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Did you see the lesson there? If you saw the lesson there, God was saying, you're worried about something that you ain't even took care of. You didn't feed it. You didn't make it grow. You didn't do anything. And you're willing to die for it. What am I supposed to do about this 120,000 people? And the animals and they're supposed to let them die, Jonah? Should I let them die, Jonah? Jonah couldn't say anything. He couldn't say anything because God let him know that he was in the business of saving lives. And I, want, and I just want to share with you so you can truly understand this about God. You know, God sent his son to give us eternal life. God has always been trying to save man. You have to know this. Stop running. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God was trying to stop people from running. God wanted to save lives. God wanted to change lives. I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. I thank you for listening. I'm finished to pray in, clo in, in closing. Oh, precious Father, I thank you, Father, for the people, allowing them to hear your message, to hear your word. I pray that you bless them, Father, and turn around. Once, I, once again, I want to say thanks for listening to the show. I pray that God bless you. I pray that you have a blessed day. I love you. Remember, this is a You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, and we'll be coming back with another message of hope and inspiration. Stop running. Trust God. I love you. Bye-bye.